Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. All right, let's wrap things up with a look ahead. All right, Dan, so a lot of things to cover in this final segment, but I think let's start with the weather forecast. Yeah, I was just looking at this. For those watching this on video, there it is, my weather app. You you don't know if you're going to be Buffalo or Chicago. The Bills will feel right at home in what could be blizzard conditions coming to Chicago Late in the week, there will be a white Christmas. So, kids, you're going to be happy, but it might be really, really white. <laughs> and I think that could be a problem. Blankets of snow expected, temperatures in single digits, Dan. What did uh, Matt Eberflew say about preparations and how they will uh, brace for the chilly weather? Didn't get to it yet, but we're looking right now at a high of eight. I don't know what the wind chill is <laughs> going to be. This, this, this snowstorm. Uh, has a, uh, the potential to disrupt the Bills traveling here. You know, they may have to, to, to alter their travel plans to try to get here on Friday for a Christmas Eve game. It's going to be really interesting. Hopefully, Bears fans will uh, take note of what they, what they watched this past Saturday night and, and keep the snowballs in the stands, throw them at each other. Please don't throw them at players and coaches. It's not a good thing. Uh, the Bills obviously dealt with that against the Dolphins in that wild game on Saturday night that they won. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, you, you talk about, uh, you know, starting the year with that monsoon against the the 49ers and then obviously ending the calendar year uh at home against the 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 bills in a game that could also have some some really really photographically cool moments for for the folks at at my outlet to to take some snapshots of of the players playing around in the snow i'd like a ruling from you and wonder what kind of conversation was created at hallis at all at the day after but uh, if I were, uh, if you were on the stand and I was a, a prosecutor or an attorney <laughs> questioning you, not guilty. Yes or, yes or no. Yes or no. One word answer. Did Jalen Johnson have a good football game Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles? All right. So I actually neglected to, to say this in the opening. It is the holiday season. And I feel like I owe you and studs both, uh, at least a half apology, uh, for, for our post game pod on Sunday evening. I think I was a little harsh on both of you with my Dikembe Mutombo wagging the finger. You said that, that Justin Fields played better than Jalen hurts. And I, I jumped back a little too aggressively on that one. Uh, and, and in rewatching Jalen Johnson's performance against A.J. Brown uh, to Studs' point, and, and he can slap me in the face the next time he sees me or do it over StreamYard uh, on, on the video app that we use here if he, if he must. Uh, Jalen was competitive, and the numbers didn't quite um, show how well he played at times against A.J. Brown. The Eagles just went after 
uh, Jalen Johnson a lot. And you would like to see that better. Like I, I'm still never going to forgive an 181 yard performance by an opposing receiver, particularly when the number two receiver Devontae Smith also went over hundred yards. You got to shut down somebody at some point and, and, and make them go elsewhere with the football. Um, but I, I, I do think rewatching it, you see a level of competes, you see a level of playmaking, you see a level of, of confidence and, and edge to Jalen Johnson. That's worth noting. And that was probably a little too harsh post game. So sorry to studs. And then also sorry, Sorry to you for for being so uh, matumboy on the the field thing because again watching that back the victory and comfort and calm that he had against that defense is it, it's truly impressive. That's no problem. All right, that's good. That's interesting. I, I just think the, the Jalen Johnson thing fascinates me because I found myself being more supportive and encouraging and accepting of a guy who gave up, gave up. 181 yards to his receiver who was targeted 16 times. That was the highest production from an opposing Bears receiver in nine years. And and yet I feel like Jalen Johnson could feel good about his performance, which is an odd thing to say. Who was the last one nine years ago? I, I cannot recall now. Uh, uh, boy, I'm going to have to check that out. I, 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 I would have been on the beat. Yeah, that, that, yeah just for, for cross-referencing. 2013, though. I'll double-check that. I like, um, to, I like to relive some of those, those scars in my coverage, so. I wanted to also, we talked so much about the defensive front not being up to standard this year and how difficult it has been for that group in the front seven, um, even to the point where I think I refer to them as the worst in football. And that's, you know, everyone has their moments. But so when they play well, I think you have to give credit. And individually, Mike Pinnell had a very strong game. Did he stand out? Did he receive any praise from Matt Eberflus? No, his name was not mentioned on Monday. He did force that fumble that Kyler Gordon recovered. Um, deserves credit for that, for ripping it out, for being uh, aggressive throughout the day. That's another veteran placeholder you've got there. Uh, again, that defensive line, Brad Biggs asked me a question before the game, and then in the first quarter he said, when's the last time that you like starred a play in your notebook that Al-Quadine Muhammad made? So right. I don't know that I've – right? And so, so this is where, where – the the belief that the bears are just going to roll through free agency and bring people that are, are are seven levels above what they have now into the building at five different positions is it's just unrealistic and you're just going to wind up with a different variation of some of these guys and then you've got to figure out a way to, to coach and scheme and squeeze the best out of them um that's a just a side tangent but it was it was just one of those moments where you're like right like where have some of these guys been all year do you expect the Bears to bring in any kickers to take a look at before the end of the season uh, in, in place of Cairo Santos, or is that just one thing they don't want to have to worry about in the offseason? I wouldn't mess with it right now. There, there, there's really nothing at stake. And, and so you've got an opportunity to do this in the spring, the summer, if you lose confidence in Cairo Santos. Introducing it now, I think, just creates something that doesn't need to be created at this stage of where they're at. You try to hope Cairo's a pro, a veteran. He can work through these things and get himself back on on, on steady ground. Uh, the last thing you also want to do with with two games left in is, is try to bring in a new guy to start his tenure as a Bear, kicking in the conditions at Soldier Field, which is you know take a long time to get used to. So in 2013, Dan, to close the loop, Antonio Brown had 196 yards against the Bears receiving, and that was the highest total um, until A.J. Brown, uh, wow. 181 yesterday. That was, a, that was a big victory by the Bears. I think that was the one that took them to 3-0. and to I think you're right. At the Mark Trestman era, if I'm saying. Yeah. Antonio big Brown catch in the back of the end zone. Mm -hmm. Cutler to Earl Bennett to, to win that game at the end of that. Wow. One. That is quite a Vanderbilt memory and a connection. And Antonio Brown had 196 receiving yards and even left his shirt on. 
So I think that was <laughs> quite the memorable afternoon. Okay, so before we wrap it up, the other guys I wanted to mention on defense, Dan, I know they probably didn't come up, but uh, without Jack Sanborn now, I don't know how long he'll be out, but you did see – more obviously, I know he's been a steady pro, but Nick Morrow led the team with 11 tackles, nine solos, and um, he was active. And Joe Thomas had six tackles, and I guess that Matt Adams will be the third guy. If Jack Sanborn can't go, those are your three linebackers. Joe Thomas uh, drew special mention from Matt Eberflus for uh, being willing to hit, and he had that one big shot on Jalen Hurts when Jalen Hurts snuck through the middle and was in the open field, and Joe Thomas put a lick on him. That was something that Matt Eberflus made mention of and said, I like these guys that can hit. So he's going to have a, a, a maybe an expanded window of opportunity. We don't know where, where things will go with Sanborn this week. So why can't the Bears cover kicks for the third time in the last five games? The kick returner averaged 30 yards per return. Is that a source of concern for Eberflus and company? Well, part of it is because you're dealing with a lack of depth. And when you start bumping depth pieces up into starting roles and moving other guys into special teams roles, now all of a sudden you're just dealing with a short deck. And the Bears have been dealing with it all year. They've been trying to bring young guys along. They don't have a, a team that is good enough to fortify that third phase. And that's, that's just part of this process of trying to become a team that's relevant again. And, and this year uh, they're just, they're just shorthanded, you know, talent wise and depth wise, they don't have the pieces and this is what happens. It becomes a ripple effect and it shows up in, in areas where sometimes you're paying attention. Sometimes you're not.